Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live and today we welcome back Michael Satrazimus, executive producer and director of Fear of the Walking Dead and the brand new Tales of the Walking Dead premiering tomorrow, August 14th at 9pm on AMC. Michael, thank you so much for coming back on our show. How are you doing? I'm good, good. Got up at uh, 4 o'clock this morning cheating, cheating some nights and... Uh... Oh, you know, man. but we're we're I'm loving loving Savannah, you know, and uh, love loving what we're going to be able to give to everybody and on fear this season. It's a real change of palate, and you know that kind of that low country grassland wetland thing look is is really uh, is really panning out. Well, uh, you brought up Savannah, and I wasn't going to ask, but you know, you brought it up. This I've been to Savannah. It's a beautiful city, right by the ocean. Uh, different from Austin, Texas, where you guys were originally shooting. I mean, what kind of work goes into? I mean, is the audience supposed to know that the location has moved, not to Georgia, but maybe to a neighboring Louisiana or something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's inevitable that you'll be able to see it. You know, when you when you make that kind of a move that that drastic. Um, you know, it gives you an advantage because you get a completely different color palette. You get the different landscapes. You know, the survivors now have to struggle with a completely different environment. And then you can bring in new people. You can bring in new set pieces. You know, it's a it's a bit of a reinvention, which is really fun in a season eight. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I love uh, I love creating more than anything. And and, uh, you know, feeling stagnant or maintaining, you know, this these this universe never never has provided that we keep reinventing all of the shows kind of every eight episodes or every year. And, uh, and a huge move like this in season eight is it has its advantages. I mean, at least creatively, Absolutely. it's really fun. It's really fun. You know, it's a brand, it feels like a brand new show. I can imagine. Now, before we get into your brand new show tales, which is premiering tomorrow, you were part of the comic-con panel uh, several weeks ago that presented, you were part of the tales of the walking dead panel and you got to reunite with a lot of old friends while presenting this brand new show to the rest of us. What was that experience like reuniting with Andy, Norman, Denai, and then the new people from Tales of the Walking Dead? And explain to us the environment you were in. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, I remember this franchise, this show, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, this mega enterprise back from season one. And when we were in the, we're in the dirt and, uh, and people were telling us it's not going to do anything and we shouldn't get our hopes up high, you know, so high. And we were immensely excited looking into each other's eyes going, Ooh, there's something there. The story's there. Darabont started out with something amazing and, and it was infectious. And, uh, you know, it kind of Comic-Con this year brought that full circle for me to to sit with Andy and Norman, you know, and, and Melissa and Janai and uh, and just look at each other and, and kind of reflect on, you know, what what's what's happened. Twelve you know, years I mean, later. Uh, yeah, it's a you know, it's a beautiful thing. But for those of us that remember the time when we were just shooting and believing before anyone said, you guys are amazing and this is awesome and this, you know, any of that stuff. Um, you know, there's only a few of us left and it was it was really, it was beautiful to go into Comic-Con and, and hang out with those guys and, you know, I Andy imagine. and I 
Andy and I had a, about a 45 minute, uh, uh, truck ride in through traffic where we just goofed around and talked about everything. I think we wrote a, a, a script about being uh, hijacked by a by a show <laughs> by a chauffeur in the truck, and the chauffeur of the truck started started joining in and bringing in some story stuff. But that you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's amazing. It's the epicenter of everything that we we are, and you know, and we were you know we were much younger back then, and a bunch of goofballs. Since you were driving in with with Andy, did they sneak him into the convention hall? Yeah, I was. My panel was before before. Yeah, and I knew. You know, I was waiting there to hang out to watch the Walking Dead panel. This last one, that's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, and I knew and I knew that Andy and Denai were coming, and they were they were stuck in traffic there. And uh, and you if you watch the panel, it's funny. You can see it start winding up into their arrival, and then someone goes, "Well, we'll talk about that again in a minute." Yeah. Normally, get them gimple, and they reset, and then they do a couple other things, and then they start talking again, and that was just. They kept thinking he was about to arrive and he didn't, and he was about to arrive and he didn't. I mean, they arrived, I think, you know, I mean, I little maybe 30 seconds before they came out, I hugged them and, and started shooting this, this video, this video of them and, uh, you know, running out on stage and then ran out into the audience and watched everyone erupt and go nuts. And, you know, it was beautiful. It it was. And, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. AMC, all you guys really know how to keep a secret <laughs> you guys have become phenomenally good at keeping a secret and the way it was oh. just brought out it shocked everybody okay so let's go let's get into tales okay everyone's really excited the premiere is tomorrow you were one of the uh people that was tasked to getting this production off the ground okay uh even with the full weight and support of amc behind you how challenging is it to get a brand new production up and running from scratch? Um, yeah, you know, it was Scott called me and, and asked me to talk to Channing and Channing called me, who Channing Powell, who's our showrunner, amazing, amazingly talented writer and, uh, and kind of bought me in on, on how different these were going to be, what the anthology was going to be. And that, is where the difficulty of starting the show sits. You know, six episodes in the apocalypse. Um, you know, you can you can do it. It's it's been well shaped. Uh, six very distinctly different uh, episodes on a different timeline, with a in a different time zone, with completely different actors coming in and out for every single week and a half. Um, no sets are shared. Nothing. We didn't amortize anything. I mean, I think it's one set of stairs. We amortized. That was wow. it that we shared. Otherwise, everything was new. It is, it is immensely difficult, and that was the challenge. Just trying to, to stay ahead of it. You know, we had to buy and actually we had to get an additional stage because we ran out of stage space because we were trying to knock one down while we built the other one and then set up for the, the other one. You know, so that it would literally, you know, we would, they would construction would be building three episodes at the same time you know art department yeah it's just wardrobe wise it's cement you know i mean it's never ending because you're you're bringing in the new cast you're bringing in a new world you're bringing in a new environment a totally different story but um, i but, uh, i assume you must have been really psyched at the endless possibilities that an episodic anthology could bring to this universe yeah it's the dream you know that's why it doesn't matter how hard the work is, you know, getting to, I, 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 listen, I would have, I directed three of the six 
I would have directed six of the six if it was even anywhere possible. But in a nonlinear story, there, there's just no way I would, I would still be alive. Um, but I, I loved all of them. Um, we we started with twelve scripts, and had to kind of narrow them down to six and like what we could budgetarily, uh, you know, make and what kind of how we wanted to stretch the diversity of those six out. But uh, you know, there's there's six other episodes floating out there that. That I that I hope oh, get yeah. made as well, you know, and an endless supply of, of ideas, you know. You mentioned the chronology. Does as as a director and a producer on this show, do do you feel a new sense of freedom that you don't have to follow a certain time of events, a timeline of events, that every story could be at the beginning of the apocalypse, ten years ahead, thirty years. There's no you know linear you know chronicle timeline here it does it does feel, it does feel fresh it just feels fresh because you have a little movie mm-hmm. you know they're they're not they're not just an episode um we have jumped further we have an episode that's further ahead than any of the shows have ever gone which you know you can it can open the door to stretching the lore yeah you know to to expanding things um and it gives you that kind of opportunity i mean we you know we did a dark comedy um, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty dark comedy and that was, was a very new and, you know, I was, I, I had to grab that one for myself and, uh, and I'm excited about it being released. I felt super uncomfortable during the whole shooting. I had to remind myself that you should feel uncomfortable. If you feel comfortable, then you're just making what, you know, you the apocalypse, you know, this is, you know, this is going to be, I mean, it's, you know, it's still rooted on, on emotion and, yeah. And uh, and it, you know, but it is a it is dark comedy. It's got some. Oh, there, there's a little bit. Got of some it. laughs in it. We played with it. There's a lot of different things in there. AMC has been kind enough to share the first four episodes, and every episode, it's a whole different feeling and vibe. Now the premiere tomorrow, it's with uh, Terry Crews and Olivia Munn, uh, who have this amazing chemistry in the series premiere. Uh, you produced tomorrow's episode. Uh, when you were producing it and you were watching these two uh, veteran, talented performers, what were your thoughts on what they brought to that premiere episode that everyone's going to see tomorrow? Yeah, I just look, look, Ron Underwood did an amazing job directing that episode. Uh, when I met Terry Crews, the first thing you get from him is what a fan he is of, of your work. You know, he, he spent 30 minutes talking about what we were doing on the, on the walking dead and how he's been, you know, dying to be a part of this for forever. Um, you know, Olivia brings up, you know, this bright, this bright light and a, and a work ethic and to watch them bounce around together. It was, it was a joy, you know, it was, it felt experimental with, we're going to bring in, you know, talented people and things. And, you know, or like we're going to bring in more famous people. It felt, like maybe that was going to be experimental and, and in it's, it wasn't, didn't turn out that way at all. Mm-hmm. You're just bringing in people that are truly fans that just get to have that walking dead experience, get to have that one episode that is like a, a, a beginning to a finish, a little film. And, and, uh, and that, that became very exciting. It's just watching people come in and, and being pumped exactly. to play these roles and to be in the apocalypse, you know? And, uh, and I, I can't tell you, I mean, Poppy Lou, uh, when I went down to visit that set, was one of the directors I didn't, uh, one of the ones I didn't direct. And uh, I went down there to to visit and I saw her jump up into the air. It was pouring rain, 
all mud everywhere jump up into the air and flatten out and hit the mud and then roll around in the mud and then spring up and all I could see was her teeth smiling. She was just covered in mud. And I went over and I'm like, so nice to meet you. And she's like, I hope one day you get to meet me when I'm clean, you know, because I'm not always this dirty, but I'm having a blast, you know, and uh, that's infectious, you know, yeah. like that kind of atmosphere. And I think, you know, that's what's unique about this kind of, uh, you know, anthological storytelling is, is you can really get some people that, that are pumped to, you know, to spend 10, 12 days with you. And become a part tortured. of this, <laughs> yeah. this legacy. Uh, yeah. Episode two is your episode, the one you directed. It, I believe it's called Deja Vu. You mentioned comfort level a couple of minutes ago. That episode, Deja Vu, is an episode unlike any kind of episode we have seen in this world of The Walking Dead. Uh, it is really a, a bizarre story, but yet told in a, such an interesting way. It happens at the beginning of the apocalypse. Uh, did that push you out of your comfort zone as a director doing these this show for 12 years, directing for over eight? Did that, did Deja Vu help push you out of your comfort zone a little bit? Yeah, I, t I took that one because it made me feel uncomfortable because it felt like it was going to be a challenge. And I like to, uh, I like scaring myself a little bit. So I, I try to take episodes that I think, you know, are very high risk, high reward um, and that I could ruin. And I feel like it just kind of, it, it forces me to, to work harder. Um, that one, you know, it, it was way outside of the box, but like, why wouldn't I want to do that then? You know, it's yeah. a, it is really, really, really out there and it did make me feel uncomfortable. And, uh, and I really wanted to feel uncomfortable, you know, it's, uh, and then, you know, and then having, you know, having Parker Posey and Jillian Bell, um, I mean, they were great. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a reward and being able to bounce around, you know, even laughing in the apocalypse, it's for Christ's sake. I feel like it would, ha it would happen a lot. You try. I would. I'd run. I'd be running around the apocalypse trying to be a comedian. I'd try to make people laugh. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I got. You know, you mentioned Parker Posey and Julian Bell. They were the two main characters in Deja Vu, and they were just absolutely great in embracing the roles. Uh, having to welcome in so many new actors, characters into this world over the years. Um, you mentioned the energy being infectious and contagious with everyone. Uh, do they just, you know, when new people come in, even for tales being for one episode, do they do they feel embraced by the family right away? Do they feel a part of the universe right away, or they're a little bit nervous? Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're n nervous or, or not. I mean, we, you know, we try to talk to everybody. When we're casting them and try to you know try to have a relationship with with these people and i'm i'm pretty honest you know i mean i, I don't i don't say it's going to be easy yeah. or fun you know i say it's going to be extremely rewarding it, it, you know it's half of the apocalypse is a bit a bit method you know <laughs> it's, you know people are really running through the mud falling getting tackled by walkers you know charging through the water you know even the action scenes are are rough and you know they're soaking wet and you know i mean we, the environment is it's pretty much always the environment. There's no way 
no way of making a you know a gross dirty swamp out of roses no so that, um that's true that's true so yeah that's- so we gotta build everybody up into it but i i find that everyone is pumped you know they, they they're ready you know i think feel like you know we we found a cast of people that were ready to charge i mean i had the the one i had with uh with jesse t usher and and Luan and and uh and beth uh david's that it was like all nights in firelight and uh, we had a huge cast and it was cold it was the middle of winter it's freezing and those guys were pumped every single night just charging with you know so it's kind of a you know a a a medieval style yeah. story a little you know a little a little bit uh you know mob mentality thing but boy they were pumped up like a like a mob i would be screaming cut sometimes and they were still just get going, kept so going. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was it was amazing you know what i mean and then for me that pushes me so it's uh you know i think if you if you get lucky and you bring in the right people you can do something special absolutely let's talk about fear for in the time that we have left um Season seven wrapped uh, and ended several months ago. Uh, when you learned the outline for season seven and you found out that Strand, Coleman Domingo, is going to be returning to his old ways again, uh, what were your initial feelings on that whole story for season well, seven? I was, I, I was excited. It's it's nice. You know what I mean? When he, he turns it on, when he goes bad guy, he turns it on when he, you know, when he goes, you know, strong-handed. And then uh, I always liked that about his character. He was just shifty. He was going to just take care of himself, but to do it in a large scale where he's, you know, where he's building a community and, uh, and walling it in and basing a little bit on the revenge for everybody else that, you know, that, uh, that never believed in him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's a good, it's a sweet spot and, and Coleman plays it so well. So. Jenna Elfman was our guest, and she I asked her the same question, and she said between takes, he was just like a boy in a candy store. He was just having so much fun with it. Uh, season seven revealed Strand's biggest vulnerability, and that vulnerability was Alicia. Okay, uh, how critical was that father-daughter relationship with Strand's character, with his character arc? uh in that season seven in regarding alicia uh do you think she was his downfall and the downfall of the tower i don't i mean i I think he was going to fall on his own at some point in time you know i mean but i think that that their their bond together their need for each other and for each other to be okay is is so important that does drive a lot of their decisions um I don't know if Strand could have kept that thing together, you know, even well, if he would have brought Alicia in. So, uh, As you were getting the scripts throughout this that 16-episode season, did you at all wonder, was Coleman going to make it to season eight? Because did you see another redemption arc left for him? Well, you do, you do think about whether it's going to happen or not. I mean... It, you know, I, I am a little bit privy to yeah. the stories even ahead of them being being written. So, but you know, you, you see things building in certain seasons where you're like, eh, it feels like that's what it's going to. I mean, you know, we have a we have a way, or you know, not a pattern, but a way of setting people up to to go that honors them. You know, mm-hmm. so anytime you start building, you wonder. Anytime the writers in any of the shows start building, you wonder if 
if maybe they're going to start going, if they, maybe they're going to go, you know, because yeah. it's just, it's a tribute. So that you build them up, you build their story up and send them out. And see you what know, happens. Yeah. Now, yeah. we lost Alicia. She's not dead, which is very smart of the writers, but she's off the show for now. But the door is open. The door is open. Like Madison, Kim Dickens returned uh, yep. in the final episode. Uh, so are you nervous with Alicia now not being on the show? How fans are going to react? or? You think everyone else is going to pick up and fill the void? What are your thoughts with Alicia now gone? Well, I think we have a lot of new story and a brand new environment. Um, for me personally, you know, not having Alicia around, she's she's my same same. You know, we uh, we, we have a lot of similarities, just as big personality traits and things. So uh, I truly, I love her. It was uh, it was amazing to you know go through the prep with her, have her shadow me, and and get into directing and and uh, you know she's a very special person who's going to have an amazing career. Oh yeah. Um. So me personally, I'm going to miss him, you know. But that's I spent my last decade as you know, as like losing my friends. Yeah. You know, and you know, and then realizing uh, I haven't lost any of my friends. You still talk to them and you see them, and you know things are okay. So, um, you know, but. She could come back. Exactly. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, It's really no doubt. 2023 is going to be a crucial year for this entire franchise. The main series is coming to an end. It only has eight episodes left. Fear is going to continue. Tales is starting tomorrow. We've got more spinoffs coming down the pipe. Going into 2023... What are your thoughts and feelings uh, with that anchor being the main show ending this fall? Well, I mean, a show can't go on forever. I mean, The Walking Dead is such a a special show. It's okay that it ends, you know. I mean, it's yeah. just not. It's uh it is special. It won't another season doesn't make it more special. Um, I love that it's breathing life. These these split offs and all these little series are allowing stories to be still be told and uh i'm very excited about tales the anthology is you know it's just it's it's just really it's it's great and and channing and scott you know have some really wicked ideas to to play around with the apocalypse to kind of romanticize it to have fun with it and and i think that's that's a that's a it should for me at least you know being nostalgic about the end of of the walking dead that feels like i'm still doing a tribute to it by doing tales, you know, because I'm playing around with it. I mean, you know, I'm still having fun with it. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, such a, a huge piece of everything and who I am. So I'm excited, but like you say, it, it is a very big year for, for the franchise. We'll, yeah. we'll see what, what all happens and, you know, and it'll be up to, up to the fans as, as always. Absolutely. Well, we're out of time. I just want to have, have one final question before we go. Uh, I'm assuming there was some kind of rap party for the main show when it ended in Sonoya, Georgia. Were you able to go or attend the celebration? Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I was shooting tales in Atlanta, so I got to go and and hang out. And it was literally they invited everybody from I think the last decade. So even people that did seven seasons and didn't do, you know, I mean, yeah. it, because they're still such a huge part of the of the family. Um, so it was, uh, I mean, it was about three hours. I think I took three steps and then the next person, three steps. 
for three hours and it, but it was beautiful. And I was, I was nervous. I almost didn't go to the rap party because I was worried about, about the end. Like yeah. I'm bad at goodbyes. I'm really good at hellos. Yeah. Um, but when I got there, I hadn't seen so many people for so, so long. It wasn't goodbye. It was all hello. So yeah. it kind of, you know, it was fun to hang out, you know, um, you know, but Comic-Con felt more of a resolve, more of an end. Yeah, it's, it it's than, never an end. Even I mean, than the rap party. Yeah. It sounds all the people you've met over the... I mean, they've become friends, and it's never goodbye. You guys may get... Probably get to work together again. It's just new beginnings. Oh, we will. Yeah, it's new beginnings. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Michael Satrazimus. Again, the show is called Tales of the Walking Dead. It is premiering tomorrow night on AMC. If you have... If you are a subscriber to AMC Plus, episode one is now available on AMC Plus. Check it out. If you don't have AMC Plus, it's premiering on AMC tomorrow, August 14th at 9 p.m. Again, a big thanks to director, executive producer, the person who's been with the Walking Dead universe since day one. Started out as a, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. Started out as a cam, camera operator, became a director of photography, became a director. Now he's an executive producer on two of the spinoff shows. I mean, congratulations, Michael. You <laughs> you you you're great, and you're a great friend. Thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living, living my dream and I hope, I hope it continues. I am very excited about tales. Please watch it. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's fantastic. Yes. I really do. Please watch it. Every episode is going to be something different and it's going to surprise you again. Thank yeah. you to our guest, Michael Satrazimus. I want to thank our audience. Those of you who are tuning in live and those who will be tuning in later on. Till next time, on behalf of Michael and myself, stay safe and always stay walking. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Fizz.